Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold, brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason, and we found him. Our guest, Bo Brock, host of the Phoenix Cardinals podcast. That's PHNX. Go, go find it. Go give it five stars. And he's also a reporter for the Arizona Cardinals. How you doing, Bo? I'm doing great, Jeff. Steve, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So if you're doing great, you're doing better than the Cardinals and the Saints because they are both <laughs> In the dumpster right now, they are two and four in an NFL where no one has a good record, which is a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing because you're never out of it. It's a bad thing because you should have beaten the teams that are all three and three. Both divisions, no one in them has a record better than three and three. So it feels like this is a game where one of the teams is going to leave it feeling better about themselves and one of them is going to feel worse about themselves. And it's really just a matter of who wants the loss less, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that summarizes it actually quite well. I mean, at least the Saints have, you know, on their resume, a win over the Seahawks, and, and their their offense performed against the Seahawks, a, a group that the Arizona Cardinals have invested heavily in. It's like the defense, they put no money towards, and the defense has shown up the last couple games. But then you've got this offense that you just invested primarily in your quarterback, Kyler Murray, and give him all the weapons he could have ever dreamed of, and they were held out of the end zone for a second time this season. So frustration reached a boiling point last week. Guys, they're hoping that DeAndre Hopkins is, is set to return from suspension on Thursday night. I think they believe like he's going to descend from, from the top of the stadium <laughs> into the middle of the field and be like this cure-all to all their offensive woes, which he's going to make an impact, no doubt about it. But you know, I don't know if he's going to be able to remedy all these issues. 
We know that, you know, both teams obviously dealing with a slew of injuries. One really concerning, I guess you would say, for the Cardinals is who's going to be your guys running back come Thursday night with all the tailbacks that are, are suffering injuries right now. I see even third string popped up on the injury report this week. Yeah, it's it's one of those uh, positions that it was kind of head scratching coming out of training camp preseason that this is a one back uh, offense and they kept five. And you're like, well, holy crap, that, that's a ton. And then next thing you know, they were down to one. You know, Benjamin, a seventh round pick from a couple of seasons ago, played locally here at Arizona State. And, you know, the fan base here, a lot of them are proud Sun Devils and they wanted to see him get this opportunity. But beyond that, they've got a six round pick and Keontae Ingram, who they're excited about, but he was only active for the first time last week. So there's your running back core. And then you got a couple of guys that you added off the street. Corey Clement, you remember him playing for Philly a couple of seasons ago. And then uh, Tyson Williams, who played for the Baltimore Ravens. So it, it really is a position in flux. But I think Eno Benjamin can hold it down. But this team, guys, has been trailing all season long. Like the running back position has been a moot point just because they have they've been chasing leads all, all season long, trying to rally from behind. So they can't really get any kind of run game going because they're down 7, 10, 14 points before you know it because this offense has been so stagnant out of the gates. Yeah, so I mean, you know, for for someone who just watched the Andy Dalton and, <laughs> and wide receiverless Saints put up 39 on the Seahawks a week after the Lions put up 45, what exactly is the breakdown in the Cardinals offense? Because I would have thought that nine points against that defense, which I think it might be the worst defense in the NFL. I didn't think that was possible. I, I didn't watch a second of that game. I'm going to be honest. I didn't have time. We've, we played on Sunday. It's now Tuesday. But, you know, how, how did that happen? Can I blow your mind even more? Yeah. It was uh, <laughs> the, the special team scored a touchdown. I mean, <laughs> I mean they, they just, the offense did nothing. It, it, was, it was really shocking when you looked at it. I mean, as far as across the board, Seattle was a putrid defense like this should have been in in some it should have resembled somewhat of a get right game for this offense and it was the exact opposite like it was just it, it like I said frustration it reached a boiling point with this offense and it was you know a mix of, of play calling you know there's a frustration with head coach Cliff Kingsbury a guy who you know if you look at his his resume obviously but we, at the NFL level guys the NFL level because we can we can talk about his resume at the college ranks where he was 35 and 40 he was fired from his alma mater Texas Tech but he, he's improved every year this team has improved offensively every year in every major statistical category and now they've just regressed and it, it's been a big thing without DeAndre Hopkins but it, it shouldn't be a parody of itself like it was last week and uh it, it was they they had they were down to a backup kicker that they'd signed off the street that they had zero zero confidence in. So they were going on it, going on like fourth and four and fourth and long when they weren't trusting the kicker. And and that would have helped put points on the board. But the fact remains, they were held out of the end zone. Like they had, like they weren't even getting close to the red zone. They were decent between the twenties. There's some huge flaws as far as the play calling and the execution. And that that's just an ugly marriage right now for this offense. And, and you know, Kyler Murray, I know it's going to be nice to get Hopkins back, but you know what were the expectations for week one for a guy who hasn't played since early last December? Now you mentioned with Kyler Murray, is there a disconnect with him and the head coach? Is it there's still any animosity with him and the franchise over yeah. that the some of the details in the contract there, 
Or is he a guy just waiting for the new Call of Duty to come out? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, look, the, the criticism is is fair in, in as far as, you know, are, are you skeptical whether or not he can he can put it together? I mean, this is a guy who's an offensive rookie of the year. He's a two-time Pro Bowler. He's as skilled as, as, you know, as you can possibly be at the quarterback position. And this is his fourth year in the season in, this, in, in, the, in the system. And, and he was a hand-picked quarterback for Cliff Kingsbury. Um, I, I, I think it's a, it's a huge slump, uh, you know, whether or not they can make the proper adjustment. I think that the league is caught up with Kingsbury's system and he needs to play the game of chess. That is the NFL and he's not doing it. So he's not doing, he's either making the wrong adjustments or he's just not making any. And, and Kyler Murray is the one that's suffering, uh, a ton from that as far as, you know, how defenses are able to kind of game plan for the Cardinals and know exactly what they're doing. They're just playing with their turn signal on. So I think that Kyler Murray, you know, they just need to put together a solid game plan. He needs to get in the rhythm and he needs to, you know, last week they were encouraged the first couple of drives. I mean, this was a team that was outscored 38, nothing in the first quarter and finally put up their first, first quarter points last week against Seattle. They have three now. I mean, rejoice, everybody, throw a party. But they just absolutely just need to fit, find a way to get on the scoreboard in the end zone. And DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, the numbers are eye-popping. Like, with him in the lineup and what the red zone offense looks like and how how productive it can be. But now they have to say, okay, they can point to that and say, that's been the issue, guys. And, this is, and now we're going to trend in the right direction. But like a lot of things with this team, like actions are going to speak way louder than the words that we've been hearing that are now kind of falling on deaf ears at week six, week seven now of the season. This is something that I've thought for a while, and so I'm I'm glad that you're on here so I can run it by someone who knows better. Whenever I see Kyler Murray run, he looks just like Super Mario. Okay. Like how it's like all it's all legs. Like uh-huh. his body stays completely still, and he's like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Look it up. I think it's fair. I had a chance. Yeah, when he when he gets like the the star and he yeah. Because he gets going and it's like he's got these little legs, but he's turning them real fast. Anyway, so keep that in mind. I, I was sorry. I thought that the the one that you know was took the internet by storm about how he looked like a toddler that stole his parents' phone. I mean, that one's right. tough. Like you can you hear all the short jokes, you know, when you're when I've been covering him as long as I have, but that one was good. That one was really good. Yeah. Um, but anyway, now, so I guess where I was going with that is, you know, this is a Saints team that has struggled against mobile quarterbacks. They've struggled against specifically mobile quarterbacks that operate in RPO-heavy schemes. And, you know, not, I I am far from an expert on the Cliff Kingsbury offense, but typically when you're dealing with college systems, you're going to see a lot of that. And mm. I would say Cliff's system was, you know, is very college-like. Um, so, you know, I'm just curious, is that something that the Saints are going to have to deal with in this game by your estimation? Because, you know, we've seen them struggle against the Falcons. They have an RPO-heavy offense. We've seen them struggle against the Eagles. They have an RPO-heavy offense. So what are the Saints getting into with this matchup? Yeah, I think that they're going to uh, – There's been, there was a little reluctance, I think, to to really utilize Kyler Murray. And Cliff had said throughout – Kingsbury had said throughout the offseason that Kyler doesn't like to run. You know, he, he wants to establish himself as a passer first and foremost. But now out of necessity and for people clamoring for it, I think that there's been an emphasis on it. Um, he had a hundred yards last game against Seattle and you know, the first drive, he had a huge 40 yard run. And I think that they're starting to really incorporate RPOs, design runs, things that if you were the head coach of Kyler Murray, you would absolutely want your playbook. So I think that, yeah, absolutely. They're going to take that step forward this week. And, you know, I'm sure that 
they've watched as much, if not, you know, way more game film than we have. You would anticipate that Cliff Kingsbury is looking to be another team with a mobile quarterback to, to you know, pull out more of their RPO material and, and put it on full display come Thursday night football. Are you anticipating that uh, Robbie Anderson will be ready to go Thursday night after they just acquired him? Yeah, according to Kingsbury, he's going to be used in select packages. You know, he's uh, yeah. and he's kind of you know what his skill set is, right? It's run just straight. Run, yeah, <laughs> run straight, run fast. But you know, that's something that they've been lacking. I mean, as far as he's got the four three speed, he's got the six three height. They've got the speed on in the lineup, but they don't have the diversity as far as the height. I think that Robbie Anderson should. You know, it's not going to be a ton of plays, but he's going to have his his opportunities. And you guys have seen him in the NFC South for so long. He hasn't burned the Saints in his career, but you know, you've seen him, highlights of him where he can he can he can take the top off a of defense and he can make a play. And if the Cardinals get one of those, two of those, it's you know one or two more than they've really gotten consistently throughout the year. So Robbie Anderson, I think, especially with DeAndre Hopkins on the field, like you have to account for DeAndre. So, you know, if you can get a play or two where you think you've got a shot one-on-one and he can get that separation, they're going to take. Yeah, I mean, we all know what Robbie's going to do, which is, you know, run straight. So I, I feel like that's pretty easy to incorporate in the offense. Just don't right. just don't try to run any. Like, he, like he has some familiarity. Like the, the receivers coach is the guy he played under in New York for okay. the Jets. So there is a little familiarity. So it's not like he's coming in blind. Gotcha. And, you know, the the I'm going to draw another comparison to the Panthers here, which is, we I went on a Panthers podcast and they were like, man, Matt Rule is very close to being fired. If they lose this game to the Saints, I think he might be fired. They won the game. It, I'm pretty sure it's what bought him three more what weeks week. as an NFL head coach. And I'm curious, by your estimation, is Cliff close to that? Because no, okay, he's, he's a five-year extension in uh, in, right. in February. This is an organization that views just any progress as progress. Like, like they're not in the same. They're not lockstep with the fan base. Where okay, you've got this this quarterback that you feel is the franchise quarterback, and that you know if you surround him with the right parts, that you need to be contending for the NFC championship or, you know, be in the Super Bowl each and every year. This is a, this is a team that, you know, is realistic that in 2018, they had one of the worst rosters in the league and that they had to dig themselves out of that gigantic hole. And, you know, they, they pivoted off of a, you know, one and done head coach in Steve Wilkes. They pivoted off a first round quarterback in Josh Rosen to Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. And then that first year they figured out, could those guys work together? And they decided yes. And then the next season, you know, they go from five wins to eight wins to knocking on the door of the playoffs to a playoff appearance. You know, they were the last undefeated team last year. So this organization, they've seen nothing but progress up until this two and four start from Cliff Kingsbury. So, you know, the first time things kind of go awry, you're just going to say, hey, if you're two and five, we're going to show you the door. I think that sets a tremendously poor precedent from your organization that said, you know, no coach is going to get any grace unless they're just winning, winning, winning. And uh, it's kind of like an SEC type entitlement. Like, Hey, if you're not playing in the CFP, you're a massive failure. Like the Cardinals, they just view progress as progress. You know, one problem that the saints have had is uh, something that the Cardinals don't have an issue with right now is turnovers. And uh, they've been pretty good at holding on to the football. Um, how has their defense, though, been with the takeaways? And I know we, you know, everybody knows the the big name of J.J. Watt over there, but who else has been uh, a star maybe on that side of the ball? That side of the ball, I, I kind of feel bad just myself, like not giving him much credit in the few minutes that we've talked about. The defense, the defense has been has been solid, like outside of the week one against Kansas City, who can really embarrass you, anybody. You know, the Arizona Cardinals defense, the defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph, uh, has done really well with 
a, a group that they haven't sank any dollars into outside of Watt, outside of Buda Baker, uh, a homegrown guy. Um, you know, Jalen Thompson has been great. He plays the safety position next to Buda Baker. That's a solid unit. The, def- the defensive backs, which was a unit that everybody was down on, has played tremendous through the first couple of weeks of this season. Wide receiver ones, they average like, I think uh, like 10 points per game. If you're in the fantasy football, like at max against this group and they, they, they just like DK Metcalf. It took him until the fourth quarter to get his first catch. AJ Brown had three catches for 32 yards. Devonte Adams had 12 yards. Like, and, and the reason for that is Byron Murphy. Byron Murphy jr. Is in his fourth season out of Washington. He's a former second round pick of this team. And he's just been a beast. You know, he, he's the, He's at best in the inside corner, slot corner position. And then if you can get some guys to play outside at, a, at an NFL caliber level, they're going to put him inside, and that's where he's best suited. Uh, it, it's playing at a very decent clip. Where they really are kind of questionable is the outside linebacker pass rush position, still trying to fill the void left by Chandler Jones. Um, sure, good job not paying Chandler Jones a bunch of money because he's not as productive. It probably wasn't worth all that but they weren't able to kind of find somebody to fill in. They've got Marcus Golden, finally got his first sack, but then they've got a lot of youngsters that they need to kind of come up and come through quickly here on the fly in order to generate any pass rush. Most of the pressure is coming from in the interior of this defensive line, guys. It is Watt. It's Zach Allen. It's Rashard Lawrence, who you guys are familiar with playing at LSU back in the day. So we're talking to Bo Brock, host of the Phoenix Cardinals podcast. That's P. H-N-X. Go check it out wherever you get your podcast. And... Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. One more thing, and this isn't even really a question. It's just a note, and I'm going to let you respond to it, and then I'll let you go, is uh, the one really interesting element of this game to me is if you go back to 2019, the last time the Saints and Cardinals met, it was uh, coming off of Teddy Bridgewater starting five games. And then it was Drew Brees coming back for a break to mm-hmm. beat the Arizona Cardinals, and it's you're in a similar situation this year, right? You, you don't know which quarterback you're going to see, and it yep. might be the starter coming back after an extended absence with injury. That was in the Superdome. This is in Glendale, obviously. But I just think that's kind of a an interesting bookend to uh, to this kind yeah. of. And if, if you're the Cardinals, you hope for just a different result, right? I mean, they were just like a happy to be their team. That was like the, hey, let's see if this Cliff Kyler experiment is even worth, you know, pursuing further than this. And, and they they figured that out. But that game wasn't close, right? But it was like. Hey, here are two short quarterbacks. There, you know, there's that's that's where like the comp ends. But like, could Kyler Murray be, you know, Drew Brees type player? And Drew Brees just was way, you know, as far as just a, a pocket passer, a completely different type of cal- caliber quarterback. But yeah, I see it for sure. That was a 
interesting time. It feels like light years away. Yeah, it was one of those games where it's like the the Cardinals lost, but it's still you went away thinking like, yeah, that that team's going to be good uh, pretty soon. Yeah. Real quick, just wondering what is the home field advantage like there? I know that the <laughs> unfortunately Cardinals have not won a game in State Farm Stadium yet, but uh, from my limited time getting to vi- visit the area, I know that very passionate fan base. Yeah. No, it is. I mean, it's a, it, it, it gets loud. It's it's uh, very passionate in the Red Sea. The Cardinals fans, sometimes too many opposing. They call themselves the Red Sea? Yeah, yeah, the Rise Up Red Sea. And, you know, they make a lot of noise, you know, close to 70,000 people packed into that stadium, and, and they're passionate, and they know exactly when to get up and cheer and when to, you know, be loud and be quiet. And, uh, unfortunately, this team has lost eight straight at home, guys. They haven't won since October 24th. Wow. Of 2021, the last time they won at home was against the Houston Texans. That was Zach Ertz' Cardinals debut. J.J. Watt played against his former team, and then he was pretty much out for the season after that. It's been a sludge at home. Cardinals, it's been every home game this year. They're 0-3 at home uh, leading up to it. We're asking these guys, you know, what what can they do to get this kind of in this slump? And they'll do anything at this time. I'm sure they're going to, like, sacrifice a live chicken before this game. I don't know what they're going to do. It's scary because that sounds very familiar to what happened to the Saints going into Carolina. Uh, What was that, week three or week four? Uh, Carolina hadn't won a game, uh, I think it was eight, nine straight at home, and the Saints are back, you know, were back in Carolina the last time they had won a home game, and Mm -hmm. they gave them another one, as we had mentioned before, extending Matt Rule's limited stay there. Oh, man. Yeah, hopefully they'll be the slump buster that the Cardinals need. Honestly, a slump buster. Um, <laughs> so I have one more small question. Do they still have a natural grass field? Yeah, so they roll it out. You know, it's a it's a dome. It's a retractable dome, but they also have a retractable field. So they just roll it outside the stadium. They're able to maintain it. It took a – the Chiefs were upset about it. They wanted to blame a couple injuries on it. It's like it's natural grass. It's, it's fine. Like it's actually right. one of the better manicured fields. It's like everybody has injuries. Sorry, team. You well, know, and- it's – and turf is actually more, yeah, you know, more of an injury-causing thing. That's why I think it's interesting because I remember from the Super Bowl. I think it was the Giants um, and the Patriots in 2012, maybe, where yeah. they showed him this wheeling that thing in and out. In and out. I just thought it was fascinating. But I wish more stadiums did that because I hate that field turf. I, I feel like yeah. it ends careers. It does. Yeah, it does. So I was I was really shocked to hear some team, you know, had some sort of issue with it. it it's something that has actually been one of the better. Uh, trains across the league and and then yeah tip of the cap the Cardinals for that they don't mess with it it's not like they change things up right before the start of the season those they've been practicing it on it since training camp so if they don't trust it with their guys why why would they trust it with other teams players no doubt so that's what the Saints are going to be playing on this weekend we've been talking to Bo Brock host of the Phoenix Cardinals podcast PHNX go check it out give him five stars You've been listening to Inside Black and Gold, brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. Thanks so much, Bo, for uh, stopping by. And uh, let's see what happens on Thursday night. I'm not ready for football yet, but we're going to have to watch it either way. I know. I feel the same way. It's just, I hate the short weeks. Give it to me on Sunday. And now we're going to have Black Friday football. Uh, yeah, it's, man. It's overload. The only benefit is now we get kind of a day off on the weekend because our teams are playing Thursday. I'll take that. Yeah, I, I will take that. Talk to me on Sunday when I'm just sitting on the couch. I'm here for it, Steve. All right, guys. Well, Steve, enjoy your time here in the desert, and uh, hopefully talk to you guys soon. Hopefully see you Thursday, man. Thank you. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us here on Inside Black and Gold. Thanks, everyone who listened. Make sure to head over wherever you get your podcast. Hit the subscribe button. Give us five stars. I'm Jeff Nowak alongside Steve Geller. 
As always, it's been fun. Let's see if the Saints can dig themselves out of the barrel. That's not the right metaphor, but I'm sticking with it. We need some exciting Thursday night football, and it's time for the black and gold to deliver. Yes. Who that? 